Where's the record button to stop it? Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and join with me as always in studio is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, I see it's sunny down there in the bluegrass state. It is beautiful, sir. I'm sitting on my back patio, watching the dog run around the backyard. It is gorgeous, sunny, just just an ever so slight breeze, just enough to to make you love it. It's the goods, man. It's the goods. Spring has sprung. Again, maybe maybe we'll get a couple weeks of spring before it just turns into an inferno of humidity. Oh, the uh, when it becomes blistering. <laughs> just where you walk outside and you feel like Satan is peeing in your eyeballs. Just stupid hot. So um, I noticed something yesterday talking to you on the phone over the last two days, and it hit me yesterday, and we talked a few times more than a few times over the last couple of days. And I realized we've hit this point in our relationship where when you say goodbye to me, it's probably the exact same way you may say goodbye to your wife. It's like, love you, bye. It's not even a full, I love you, goodbye. It's that one rambling, love you, bye. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you may be right. (laughs) You, uh, You may be right. And now if you ever... Close a phone call with your wife like that again. You're in trouble. <laughs> so, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, so my Siri just randomly started talking to me on my computer. So, um, did you hear that? No, I did not hear Siri. So, I heard you ranting about my love you by the same way I would say that to Dr. Wife, which... You're not wrong. But then all of a sudden, my computer in my ear goes, hmm, let me think about that. <laughs> Which really fit that conversation, for being honest. <laughs> I know, because I was saying, if you ever close a phone conversation with your wife like that again, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, now that she's going to hear this, absolutely. You got a couple, you got a week or two. So, I don't know. She's busy at work now, but she she just got a new a new title. So so maybe she doesn't listen near as much. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, honey, I love you. Full <laughs> sentence. I love you. Uh, oh, I'm gonna sleep on the couch. Uh, it's been a rough couple of days. Leave me alone. Don't don't come at me with that. <laughs> also, I I've discovered so uh, a couple of weeks ago, Wednesday night at church, going through like you know midweek Bible study, and I and I'm I just kind of threw out the generic question to them, like what's been good for them, like what 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 did they enjoy this week? And uh, this church member Melinda, Melinda speaks up. Melinda speaks up, and she's like. I'm enjoying this podcast with these two guys <laughs> and then gets up and tells people about our podcast, which then I had to um, explain what a podcast was to about, you know, a third of the room. Oh, that's good stuff. 
So I think Melinda might be, uh, so it'll take her a little while before she hears this one because she started from the beginning. So it'll take her a little while to hear this shout out. And by this time, she'll have deserted me for the, for Nebraska. The real podcast? For Nebraska. She's leaving the move to Nebraska. No, okay. I thought you meant she's going to leave for a new podcast. Well, probably there'll be two idiots in Nebraska doing the same thing. <laughs> but um, I'm thinking she she might be able to give uh, Keith a run as the female Flavor Flav. She's I don't know, business. man. I had uh, I had a baseball parent, a kid on my my oldest team. His mom uh, came up to me and she's like, "I hear you do a podcast." And I was like, "Oh, what?" Because like I. I've never talked to her. I talked to a couple of the dads, uh, but I don't. I don't talk to a lot of the moms just because I'm always on the field running around like an idiot, throwing kids around. Um, and I said, "Oh, I, I do." Uh, it's well, I said we have fun with it. Just two idiots goofing off, uh, you know, trying to, you know, spread spread the gospel in our 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 way. And she said, "Yeah, uh, this guy came through my line at work." She's a banker and was telling me about it. And, I, and then I realized that, oh, that's my kid's baseball coach. And it was Keith. <laughs> he's spreading. He, he's evangelizing the podcast. That's right. Well, Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Keith does there at uh, St. Galgano Armory? St. Galgano is the uh, the go-to source for blacksmith material. Just blacksmith material. Not merchandise, but go-to source for no, blacksmith material. it is merchandise. It's not apparel. You know what? It's been a rough week. Okay, <laughs> Black, I don't have the like, copy in Blacksmith material sounds like he's a supplier for blacksmiths to get their goods that they need. No, but St. Gagano, they make some... some really great blacksmith merchandise um i've got i've got a bottle opener and some hooks i know you've got some stuff that he's making yeah no i've got i've got the the hooks the bottle opener uh we're trying to figure out a time that fits both of our schedule and i'm gonna have a knife um but just high quality stuff we use great materials to to make the merchandise um and really just an all-around great 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 person uh, you know, part of every sale goes to a, a, a different um, community organization to, to, to benefit the community. I think right now he's working with, uh, and I don't have it in front of me. I'm it's, sorry. Uh, I can't remember the organization, organization, but it's to, sex trafficking. To yeah, stop, to, to to stop sex, sex trafficking. trafficking. Yep. Uh, so that's always a plus there. So, you know, check them out if it, their Etsy shop um, on the social media. We'll have those links uh, linked in with our uh, with our social media page as well. But we cannot recommend them enough. Yeah, and it's it's Etsy.com slash shop slash St. Gagano Armory, and we'll definitely have a link up in the show notes. Um, I also think in the show notes, I'm putting a picture up that you sent me this week of you when you were hmm. when you were a little hoodlum. Look, that's just a picture of two studs, okay? All I know is, like, I, I used to work with this guy who said that every human being should have a theme song that plays when you walk into a room so they know who they were. And then he he immediately said my theme song should be the theme from Shaft 
because I was the whitest white guy on the planet. And I'm thinking that kid's theme song is the theme from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, that picture was I think I was like, I don't know, maybe four or five in that picture. Um, rocking the mullet hard. Standing next to my uh, with my granddad in front of his his truck that he was driving. He was a semi driver. Uh, we were getting ready to go somewhere, and my mom's like, "Go stand by your papa and let's take his picture." And uh, just two studs in a truck, man. I don't know what That's else it. I could do. It's the it uh, was... there's a whole genre of movies and TV shows from the early '80s about truck drivers. Something, and that was that was just a uh, a picture from a. <laughs> A TV pilot, two studs in a truck. That's that's exactly what it was. Just two studs in a truck. Um, I actually, because I posted that, um, for those who have been praying, I appreciate it. Uh, Papa went to be with uh, be with Mem on the Lord this week. Uh, we we are celebrating him tomorrow uh, at his funeral and, and whatnot. But uh, that is probably my favorite picture with me and him. And. Uh, I sent that to some people. I, well, actually, I put it on Facebook. Um, and then some people from work found it. Sent it in a group text. And uh, Lisa is her name. Sends it and she has a couple questions. One, is this you? Uh, and two, I need a five by seven. <laughs> so I have a feeling that when I go back to work next week, it's uh, that picture is going to float around to some different offices. But that it, pictures you're going to see that picture when you walk in. Forget the governor of Kentucky. It's you're gonna seeing be, Andy. It's going to be a picture of Andy Cookie Cruz, who is a commissioner for the DOC, and then just my picture right in between it. <laughs> All I know is if that's you said you think you're about four or five in there. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure a four or five year old Andy could beat us up. There's a good chance he could beat me up right now. He's got a switchblade somewhere. <laughs> what you don't know is in one of those pockets is a is a half a pack of candy cigarettes. Yes. See, and I was joking and told you that that's the kid that had like he swiped a pack of Newports and he's got them, but you had the candy cigarettes. Yes. I tell I'm trying to get my mom to quit smoking, and she's actually gonna come work at my office uh middle of the month and uh, i was like come on mom it's time to quit and she's like oh i know i know i said let's do this together i said it's more of a you know a fixation with your hands and and you know gives you something to do i said i'll i'll go to a two pack a day candy cigarette thing we'll just go outside and we'll you know we'll eat those candy cigarettes two pack a day get get the diabetes (laughs) get the diabetes wilford rumbly'd be excited (laughs) <laughs> well Andy I, I know that uh, people have been praying for you and I know that you know I I've told you I, I share my my deepest condolences to you and your family Lord uh, on the um, loss of your granddad um, but you know the the beauty of being a believer is knowing where he is Right. That that even though you you miss him and, and your family misses him, right? There's that assurance. Um, you know, Romans six twenty three says that the wages of sin is death, and and we are in that fallen world and we see those effects all around us every day, right? I think the I preached on John eleven 
a little while ago and I, and I'm pretty sure I stole this from somebody at some point, but I don't remember who to give them credit to, but that, you know, every tombstone bears witness to the brokenness and mortality that sin has brought into our world, right? For, for believer and unbeliever alike. Yeah. And so just to, for some background, um, so my, my grandfather, right. He, he was more than a grandfather. Uh, he, he played dad in my life. Really. We lived with him until me and my mom, uh, lived with Memo and Papa until I was eight ish. Um, and then I lived with them on and off again in high school until I moved, you know, to met Ashley and we got married. But uh, so the Wednesday before Mother's Day, he went into the hospital, couldn't catch his breath. Um, they identified that this small mass in his lungs is uh, cancer. So they transfer him to, to Henderson. They have to put him on a ventilator take him off the ventilator on Mother's Day, and then he codes, right? Um, so they have to put him, they, they resuscitate him, they put him back on the ventilator. And then by the next Tuesday or Wednesday after Mother's Day, he's at Vanderbilt, and they're, they're cancer. Um, you know, for what's the medical ICU. And okay. between him and the MICU at Vanderbilt, I couldn't have asked for better people to care for my grandfather. So for some reason, if if you ladies and gentlemen are listening, are, are you knowing anybody that works in those? Like, applaud them because they do phenomenal work. Um, but the cancer had just overtaken one lung, it was in his bones, in his shoulder, in um, his rib cage, and then he had no airway. There was no way for the the tube to, to come out. And so we all went down to say goodbyes on Saturday of last week and then we we got away to bring him home to the, the hospital in Hartford. and so they brought him home on sunday and we were gonna you know we we're gonna extubate on sunday and we did uh, we thought he would go quick he lasted a, a few more days died on on wednesday but all that to say is sunday i knew what was coming right uh, i knew that we were gonna leave church and that we were gonna go down to Hartford and sit in the waiting room. And when he got there, we were all going to come in and talk to him. And then we're going to pull the tube. Um, and so I dwelt on that all Sunday morning. Just, just all morning. I couldn't, I couldn't really get my head out of that. That's where I was at. Um, me and Ashley set probably in, we have four sections in our sanctuary, if I'm not mistaken. And we sat in the very middle one, like that I could, you know, make eye contact very easily with the pastor. Um, and I do that for multiple reasons. One, it makes sure that I stay focused. And two, if I want to like make faces and watch him crack up, I, I can. Oh, gosh. Uh, because I'm that guy. I'm so glad you've never come to my church. <laughs> Give me time, brother. <laughs> um, but we sing a song. Uh, I was informed that it's older than I think it is. But it's uh, Christ be magnified. Um, yeah. And so we're singing that song. My my head is in worship, or my heart is in the worship, but my head is where I'm going to be in about an hour and a half. Mm. Right? Essentially, it's my dad laying there, and I'm going to have to say goodbye to him. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it and it kind of started to get to me and there's a, a section in the song and it's it's basically talking about how you know if, if we're not gonna do it the trees will right nature will find a way to glorify god um and then it and then there's a reminder in the towards the end of the song it says and death is just a doorway into resurrection life mm. and if the cross brings transfer that i'll be crucified with you and at that point in the song i lost it um me and me and dr wife both um kind of got real teary-eyed and emotional there and for me it there was a mixture of sadness because you know every day since really I left home, or at least every other day, I've called my grandparents. All right, Memo died in 2016, and so then I just I kept calling and we kept talking multiple times a week. And so there's that sadness now, knowing that I don't I don't have them to call anymore. But then there's also the happiness in knowing that the moment that he leaves is with Jesus, right? And he is in oh, that yeah. resurrection life. And he's he's taking that's waiting, you know. He's labored long. He's he's, he's seventy seven years old. He's he's labored long. He was tired, and so now he's he stepped through that doorway into resurrection life. And there's just a peace about that. Amen. That's gonna kind of lead us into our topic today. You you brought up John eleven. Um, there's just there's a peace about that knowing. That not only do we feel this pain when someone passes, like and if they're a believer, there's there's some peace and some excitement when a loved one passes. Um, but we see that that Jesus went through that gambit of emotions as well. Mm-hmm. That it's not uh, unbeknownst to him what we're feeling. Right, we've all lost someone that we love, and we know. The, the emotions that you go through where you're you're in shock and then you're sad and then you're angry then you're a little bit excited then you're sad again and you know you just go through this this cycle of emotion um and then as people we don't know how to handle those emotions so what do you do when you go through the the receiving line at a funeral home oh how you doing yeah well dude let me do you really want to know how i'm doing or you're just saying it because you don't know what to say yeah I'm not doing well. I've been guilty of that. Then you right. feel oh. you feel like, oh gosh, what did I just say? The words come out of your mouth. You're like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. But we see that Jesus had those same feelings, right? You look when he's, you know, he's four days late, which there's a really good song about that. Um, but he's four days late, and it's intentional, mm-hmm. right? He he's Lazarus stinketh, right? But he's four days late, and he's. He's feeling these emotions. Like what the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. And so he's not weeping. It's not a show. Like he knows what's gonna happen. But he's oh, there goes the dog. There's a bird. Well, he's really he's really feeling their emotion, right? Especially between you know, his conversation with Martha and and seeing Mary his conversations with the sisters, I think, is really driving emotion for him. Oh yeah, because not only does he he have the sadness that Lazarus is gone and 
he he feels you know he feels pain for the sisters because they are hurting like mm-hmm. that's the driving force feels what they're feeling and so which is a good reminder for us that everything we've gone through it may not be the exact situation like i'm pretty sure there wasn't a meth epidemic you know in biblical times but the the pain that the mother has for her drug addicted son right the pain and the sorrow that the parents feel when they have to bury a child or that the child feels when they have to bury their parents or your best friend or whatever it is like all of this pain and this anguish that we feel christ has gone through that and so it shouldn't be lost on us that we serve such a merciful and graceful savior that he can say that he's been through that same feeling and can help us through it. Mm. Yeah. When I think back to what you talked about, the, the, the part of the song, back to what about. Um, I think about, you know, in verse 25 and in, in John eleven twenty five, Jesus, he proclaims to Martha, right. And to all of us that, that he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes he in says, me, I am the, re- li- the one who believes in me will live even though they die. Um, and Jesus says these things, right, with this incredible amount of authority and power. Amount of power. Because he's he's not he's not merely a witness to the resurrection and life, but he's a, a very source to the resurrection of it, life. Right. And I think that that claim that he makes of, of him, right, is Jesus's claim, and it's not it, it's the truth, but Jesus's claim is the resurrection and the life, it gives us incredible hope right and it's i think the hope that you spoke of knowing that you were going to go say goodbye to your granddad that it gives us this profound hope that transcends the boundaries of here of earth right of our present existence here of earth right and we know we're going to die we're all going to die um but it's not the end right it's not the end for those who believe in jesus and that gives us incredible hope in the faith of jesus and that gives us incredible hope in the face of death yeah, and I uh, I tend to at times like this will will really lean in in Psalm thirty, the first five verses, um, and it's the song of of David, mm-hmm. and it says, "I exalt you, Lord, because you have uh, and have not allowed my enemies to triumph over me, Lord my God. I cried for help, and you healed me. You brought me out of Sheol and spared me from among those going down to the pit." Sing to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and praise his holy name. For his anger lasts for a moment, but his favor a lifetime. And this is what gets me. Weeping, or sorrow, depending on your translation. Uh, Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm. And so I just, I look at this time where we're saying goodbye, right, to to Peppa. Like we, um, and I think the moments that got me the hardest weren't me telling him goodbye um, because he he knew exactly how much he meant to me but watching his interaction with him laying in the bed um, pulling doctor wife in for a hug knowing mm. that ah, she's not a hugger <laughs> I don't he think I've ever hugged so Ashley he just didn't... Uh, I, you know you can try it she'll probably stab you again <laughs> um, but uh, watching the interaction that, 
that Dr. Wife and, and Peppa had. And then my my boys, you know, uh, my cousin's son, Jackson, who is the same age as my youngest, uh, Mason kind of got, got freaked out, but Turner was all about being with him, right? Um, and so Jackson and Mason, or Turner, were standing there, and they were crying, and, and Peppa took one hand, and because he couldn't talk, right? His voice was pretty raw. I'd been on a vent for about a week, week with uh, 10 days. And so he kind of shook his finger and told them not to cry and mouth that he was okay and he loved them. Right. And so he reaches out and he's got these big bear paws for hands. And so he reaches out one of his hands and both boys grab the same hand and then wrap their arms around each other. And I, you know, I really lean on that, that verse because that moment one was the most touching moment that I've, I think I've ever seen in my life was mm. them comforting each other, them comforting Peppa, comforting them, right? Um, and so there is a sorrowful moment in there because we know we're getting ready to, to say goodbye to a man that in my eyes I thought would never die, right? Um, and so but this sorrow only lasts for a moment because joy comes in the morning because at some point, Either I'm going to go into the ground and then rest with Jesus or the clouds are going to be rolled back and that trumpet's going to sound and then resurrection life happens for everyone, right? The the saints are called up in the sky with him and, and the rule and reign of Christ will happen. And so, the, you know, the weeping and the sadness only lasts for a short time because joy is coming. Amen. And that joy will happen when we're Amen. together in heaven, when it's a nonstop worshiping party and baseball game in heaven. You know, and, and you think about culture today, right? And we live in a culture that emphasizes inclusivity and relativism. And it's it's become incredibly unpopular to, you know, assert that Jesus is the only way to salvation. But I think as it's, believers, right, especially in believers, this age, we have to stand firm in the biblical truth that salvation is found in no other name, but Jesus Christ. Um, and the name, world is going to continue to offer us counterpaths. It's going to promise us fulfillment and peace by going in these other directions, but it's only going to, we're going to lead to disappointment and that it's eternal separation. From God. Eternal. And what you just described is, is really similar to a conversation I had with a woman this week, I had with uh, a she's woman. about 84, 85. Um, she has cancer. She's She's been battling it for a while, and it's come back, and it's it's come back with a vengeance and spread. And she's decided not to seek treatment anymore and just to let seek and just nature to take let. its course, just to leave it in God's hands. And, and she's concerned that she doesn't have enough time left, that she wants to make things right, like she feels she's wasted time. And she's a believer. But then I assured her, like, there, she has a legacy. There's nothing she's going to do to change that. They, obviously, we should There's spend nothing. whatever time we have left, yeah, right? We, we we ask the Lord to teach us, right? The psalmist teaches, um, tells us to ask to Lord to yeah. teach us to number our days and for us to know that it is a finite amount of time here that we have. And so there's, you know, she, she can serve the Lord well, but her testimony is really similar to that testimony that you've shared with me and with everybody now about your granddad 
is that she's got three children who are believers who have raised children children that are believers who are going to hopefully raise children who are believers. And so she's surrounded now by two generations. Um, Your granddad was surrounded by three. Um, And that's a huge testimony. And that's a huge testimony. No, it's huge. Like there's, It's crazy. Well, think about it that way. But yeah, I mean, the testimony that these people are leaving behind, like, there comes a point where you're just like, you know, rest. Rest easy knowing that you've done your part. You've done what you've been commanded to do. And just take your rest and enjoy your time with the Savior. Yeah, and some people might look at it and say, well, you know, there's no jerry crow building at the university of kentucky or there's no you know jerry crow statue or his name's not on the the side of a truck as it's going down the highway or you know he didn't live in some palatial estate right and but those things are meaningless because in the end the fact that meaningless because your family became believers that him as the patriarch came to know the lord and and solidified that for you as you came to know the Lord and had his hand in, in bringing you up. I mean, that that testimony and that legacy is is your granddad will not know is your granddad the significance that he's had on the on the earth and the people that he's influenced or or had a significant contact with until that day of judgment, until the until Christ returns. Well, I can I can tell you just to not correct you. But I, I think our story is, is unique because it wasn't a grandfather going to church making his kids go to church who then made the grandkids right. go to church and we just all grew up in church. Right. Right. My aunt and uncle started going. To, my uncle's mother passed. I didn't want to be at home. Um, I, <laughs> so I was looking for ways to stay, stay gone. And I thought, well, if I started going to church with my aunt and uncle, then I could stay at their house more and so that got me in church which then led to me handing my mom and stepdad to come and then they start coming and they find the lord which then because we're all going my mom and papa start coming and then they find the lord sure and so it was almost a reversal of what you would traditionally see but to see the work like you know when most adults come to the lord there's there's a heart change, but there's not a work change. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. They continue to do the same things that they had been doing. Um, and with memo and Papa, especially like there was a huge and drastic change in priorities. Anytime anything needed to be done at the church, if you went to Jerry or Brenda, it was done. Mm. Uh, Papa started this little mm. barbecue group. Like anytime that we would eat at church, he would uh, he would smoke the meat. We would stay up all night. It was one of his his absolute favorite things to do. He would hardly ever eat it because he would be so tired. But he would stay up all night and cook it. And so there would always be like twenty people that said, "Yeah, Jerry, I'll I'll come sit up all night with you." And then the same like seven people would show up every time. It was me and my uncle Donnie and a few other guys from church, right? And so we developed this moniker called Fat Pappy and the Faithful Few Barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so everybody 
church. It didn't matter if you were two or a hundred and two. You called Peppa Fat Pappy. Um, and then it turned from that into all of a sudden there's this Baptist boarding school here in Kentucky called the Onita Baptist Institute. It is a place I hold near and dear to my heart. Um, out of nowhere, Memo and Peppa are like, yeah, we're going to go up and work for the school and be missionaries. And so they went and lived at the school uh, and, and worked with students from across the world. And so at an older age, in, in their 60s, uh, late 50s, early 60s, through their late 60s into 70s, they were at the Oneida Baptist Institute working with students from all these different countries in every state and volunteers from around the country that come to work there. And so not only is, is those impacts that they have felt at home and through the places that me and his um, uh, uh, there, I'm trying to think of how many grandkids there are. There are many Michael. Six grandkids and nine great grandkids. Right, whatever we touch, plus three children, right? But then you have this legacy of there are people from the Middle East and there are people from India and and Japan and all these African countries that have stories about this old crazy dude named Fat Pappy. <laughs> and so just he goes on, it's it's an awesome thing to say. Um, but it all started because there was a savior who loved us enough Amen. to give us that opportunity. Amen. When he could have just wiped us all off the face of the earth, he said, you know what? These are mine. I want to spend time with them. I want them to be in eternity with me. So let's make that happen. And he came off of his, his throne when he didn't have to. And not only did he come off of his throne to be born a man, he was born in a in a stable with no power he was born to a family that had no no political clout and became the hear all end all of politicians and i don't mean politicians like we know them today i just mean like he is it and it's it starts there and comes up and there are there are thousands of jerry crows that we can talk about right there are thousands of men across the the world who are leaving that kind of legacy and women that are leaving that kind of legacy. And I think those are the stories that we don't hear enough. You know, with the news the way it is now, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, we hear about all these mass shootings and, and we hear about drug trafficking and human trafficking and, and crooked politicians and crooked uh, peace officers and all this other stuff when realistically we should focus our time hearing stories of the Jerry Crows of the world, of the Brenda Crows of the world the lady, Amen. That, the lady that you were speaking of that I, if you said her name I'm sorry I don't remember it um, I've protected her name to protect the, story the innocent of Jesus protect the innocent that's a good choice on our part <laughs> but the story of J the Jerry's, the Brenda's the protected lady the the story of Jesus himself, right? Those should be the stories that we focus on and that we you know, we have 
millions of podcasts on people like Ted Bundy and and stuff like that, but we miss the wholesomeness and the impact of the the Marys and the Marthas, mm. of the Lazarus, of the, <clears throat> even of Thomas, who was a doubter. Right? <laughs> the impact of though the faith of those people have had, not just on their clan, but on society as a whole. It's a good word. And I, I just, it makes me think of this. I, I encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're whatever age you are, if you're 20, 30, 40, in your 50s, and you walk into a church for the first time and the abundance of the congregation is is significantly older than you, don't run. Don't run and think this isn't the place for me, but sit with those saints and and hear the stories of, you know, men like Jerry, um, like the woman that I spoke with, you know, the 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 men and women who are faithful servants to the Lord. Is their theology 100 percent right? No, it, it could use some work. That's OK. Are, are they always, you know, abounding with grace? No. But not, none of us are, right? Neither of us. And none of us are. I know neither of us are. But, not, not, but and I do think that when we embrace Jesus, right? If we, When we embrace no, Jesus as the resurrection and the life, Jesus, it transforms right? our perspective on death, right? We don't fear death anymore as the final destination, but we see it, right? It's, it is the, the uh, I know I'm stealing this from a song, I think, but it's the gateway uh, to everlasting life. It's right? gateway and, and, to everlasting life. And in the presence of our Savior. And that perspective should empower us so, to live boldly and, and with purpose. It should empower um, us. Knowing that our lives are secure in Christ and that our ultimate destiny is, is going to be an internal communion with Our him. ultimate destiny is. And the world's not going to give that to us, yeah, right? The world's not going to give that to us, right? Oh, it absolutely is. And I, I think one of the things I look for in a church is I like for them to have an established senior population. Um, I, You know, I love for them to have people my age and younger. Um, you act I, like so you're I not in the senior population. Teenagers and middle schoolers because I, I'm not quite there. I'm on <laughs> but like I, you know, I I've worked with teenagers and middle schoolers for so long. I'll gravitate to that population, but really, I I have a heart for the the senior population and just sitting and talking and loving on them. And um, I think if you develop those relationships, it can not only positively impact you and them, but the church as well, because when you start to have those deep theological conversations or, um church political conversation um they don't just shut you out right so i'm thinking of my sunday night group that uh that i'm in i probably bring the age of that group me and the worship pastor are in it and he uh, our worship pastor is the facilitator of the group but between me and him i bet we bring the average age down to you know at least 15 20 years and so, like, this this one couple was, was talking about how they didn't agree with some of how leadership addresses things or, or does things. 
Um, and maybe I was out of place. Maybe I wasn't. Either way, I can live with it. Um, I just spoke up and was like, you know, you have to look at things from a new perspective because we don't we don't live in the the forties, fifties, and sixties anymore with the Leave It to Beavers and everybody's on their front porch um, and all of this. Like we don't we don't have front porches anymore. Like right now, I'm not sitting on my back porch or my front porch. I'm sitting on my back porch. Um. And I said, and so you have to be deliberate on how you do things and deliberate how you schedule things. And I think if I hadn't taken the time to develop some semblance of a relationship with that group, I, I could have been run out with a pitchfork pretty quick. <laughs> Just to, to piggyback on what you said, don't don't turn and run from those situations. Um, but allow yourself to, to be engulfed in it because they're going to get something out of it and you're going to get something out of it. And really you both need it. You need the perspective of the, of the seniors because where they're at now is where we're headed. Right. And they need the perspective of, of some of the younger ones. Um, and I'll still throw myself in with the younger group because we are where they were and have lost track of. That's a good point. And really, both paths, Jesus. That's a good point. We just figure eight it. You know, they want to go this way, and we want to go that way, and then we'll circle back up when we get there. But I think if they can, they can show us where they're going, and we can remind them of how they got there. That we'll realize we're really all on the same team, and we want the same thing. We just have to learn to give and give, uh, give and take. Amen. Well, I think I, I can speak Contrary for you. Contrary to popular belief, there's some wisdom. I can speak for you. What was that going on? I'm sorry. Uh, like contrary to popular belief, sometimes I have decent thoughts. Most <laughs> of them are just incoherent. Well, I think <laughs> we can safely say that our charge for everybody listen listening to this is to embrace Jesus as the rest, the resurrection and the life, right? Embrace, to embrace Jesus as, as that the resurrection, the resurrection life, as your grandfather life. did, you know, and even though it started with your aunt and uncle, when I think about family you know, even though, being a, a chain, you know, it, it's one thing like your uncle and then your, your mom and stepdad being the links and the chain in the middle. And then those chains are hanging off of the side and they could break off. But when your granddad and your grandmother, came to know the Lord, right? They and, solidified that by grand the links at the top of the chain and making that chain even stronger. So I think that that's a, a huge testimony. That's a great testimony, you know, that started with your aunt and uncle and really led the whole family. But we just, you know, encourage you to embrace Jesus family. as the resurrection of life, to, to surrender, right? To surrender your life to him then acknowledge your sinfulness and, and your need for his redemption right we all are sinful we all need that redemption um it's that sin that separates us from god and god created us to be with it's him, that sin to, that separates enjoy us from him and god be with and god him. created us and as with him to you know whatever we do uh nothing we can do can can change that um good deeds cannot overcome our sins 
um, and and praying the price, paying the price for that sin, right? Jesus died and and rose again, and, pray the price, and everyone the price who trusts in Him sin, alone right? has died. eternal life. And then we have to abide in Him, alone. right? And, and, and we need to stay through close and then we have to prayer, studying His Word, and, and really cultivating a life a lifestyle of worship and obedience. I cannot speak today. Cultivating a life a lifestyle of worship and obedience. I cannot speak today. It's Friday. It is Friday, and it's uh. <laughs> It's Memorial Day weekend it is Friday. Friday. And it's, it's uh, the it's unofficial Memorial start Day of summer. Summer. Sorry. I can't I can't think of summertime without the words of summer song going through my head. <laughs> Poor turn found that out the other night when he said something about summer. And then I was flipping through the radio and that song had just come on, but not the the original, like the late 90s, early 2000s remake that's a little harder. And so then I rolled down all four, tr all three truck windows, opened my sunroof and just blared it as we drove through town singing and dancing. And he was not OK. No, he's at the age now. He's he'll be mortified. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I love it. I'm here for it. All of it. Oh, it's the best thing in the world. Embrace, embrace embarrassing your children. It, it builds character. Embarrassing your children. It, it builds character. Look, I've embraced. This is what, this is why I had kids. Okay. Let's be honest. I didn't have kids because I loved them. I do. Turner, if you're listening to this, Mason, dad loves you. Uh, but I had you and bought you because I want to embarrass you. And that's. That's what I've done. I'm going to get in trouble for that. I, you picked up on what I did, and I'm yes. going to get in trouble for that. So I, I need to make I need to make two two disclaimers. Um, Andy's youngest child is adopted. When he said, "I bought you," <laughs> and and I need to go back in something you said that your wife has never stabbed me. She attempted to stab. She threatened <laughs> to stab me. We'll just say it that we'll put it that way. She threatened to stab me. <laughs> she had the best of intentions. So I, I know that you and your family will be gathering for the celebration of Jerry's life tomorrow. Um, and I just hope that um, you know, y'all stay strong and are prayerful. But what and I know that'll be a it'll be a bittersweet time, but you have any any other plans with the family then for the long weekend? Well, um, that seemed no, like a really inappropriate question. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, good. Uh, without without letting too much out, we we've had another we've had a, a pretty tragic incident happen on my on my wife's side of the family. Um, so I think she's gonna go head up and spend some time with her family shortly after uh, Pepal's service um and so she'll be there me and the boys will just kind of chill here um you know I, we'll probably go down to the farm and spend some time with my mom and uh aunt and uncle and stepdad and whatnot uh just because that's what we would have done if papa was here so mm -hmm. um that will probably be our be our plan What about you guys? What do you got going on? 
Um, I, I've got some family coming into town for a couple days, but mainly um, I'm going to see the Mets um, three days this weekend as they play the Colorado Rockies. So that's going to be my Memorial Day weekend plans is is uh, hopefully watching the Mets pound the Rockies. I will be cheering on the Rockies like I never have before. I think there's a few times during the year that I'll root for the Rockies. Uh, this is one of them. <laughs> we started a four game. I say we because I'm a Braves fan. And that automatically makes me a part of the team. Oh, me too. I think I think I am vice president of uh, Crow Relations uh, within the organization. I'm still waiting on my paycheck that I haven't got for the last, you know, thirty plus years. But uh, never mind that. But we just started a four game set last week last night against the Phillies. So if there's one team I hate more than the Mets, it's the Phillies. And I'll be rooting for the Phillies. Although it pains me, like I have a couple players on the Phillies that I like. It just hurts me to admit it. I mean, I I always include myself as like we're playing the Rockies tonight, and I know that that sounds foolish, but I've got a lot of time in with this team, more years with this team than than probably ninety percent of the starters on the roster, except for like Verlander and Scherzer, and they were babies back in '86 when the Mets won the World Series. So, yeah, I was I was Turner asked me the other day why and how long I've been a Braves fan. And the why isn't important because I don't feel like getting made fun of today. Uh, But the how long, um, probably since I was four, four or five, 89. So I would have been five in November of 89. So I was four when I first started watching the Braves play. Well, and I'd say this, that there's an abundance of guys. If you're like 45 at least 45 and, and, and younger. Um, there's an abundance of, of guys who are, or folks who are Cubs and Braves fans because of cable television, because of the superstations, because the Braves, the Braves and the Cubs, you know, the Cubs played so many day games. You were in school, you know, early in the season, you wouldn't have seen it, but the Braves and the Cubs were on your TV every night. I remember. And so I remember going to my sister's grandmother's house during the day and watching the Cubs, which is probably why I don't like the Cubs, because I didn't like going where I went. And then going home and watching the Braves. Yeah. And I, Harry family. I have always considered them family, which sounds really weird. But, you know, Harry Carey, mm-hmm. crazy grandpa that you never wanted to leave your kids with because you never knew if he was sober. Hey, Cubs fans, have a Budweiser. The moon was made of cheese. Would you eat it? <laughs> it's my Harry Carey. Oh, man, I love Harry Carey. Um, but, you know, you, you'd have Harry Carey just, and then uh, uh, Skip Carey. His son was calling him for the Braves. Yes. They just, they felt like family. I I was, when, I, I shed tears when Skip and Pete Van Weeren died. Because those are the voices that nightly, when I was a kid, watching the Braves on TBS, those were the voices that I remember hearing. And then, uh, you know, this past season, Chip left us to go work for the Cardinals. Um, And I get why he did it, but that was heart-wrenching to me because for the first time in a long time, I haven't had a carry, you know, on my TV or in my ear telling me what's going on in a game. 
but you know you become you know part of those you're just all family it's it's funny because like i get as i'm 38 i've been watching the braves for 34 years and i think if i walked up to you know i think his name's brandon godden who does the play-by-play for the braves now or even chip carey i think i would talk to them much like we were friends or family because I spend a good chunk of time in the summers with them. <laughs> yeah. Sports team, baseball, I think more than football and basketball, but baseball, you become a part of that team because the seasons are so long. And if you're invested in your team to the extent that you and I are, you know, you, you become, you become there. Like I, I Turner is named after Turner field. So I am a, a Homer Braves fan through and through. <laughs> and Mason actually wouldn't let me change his name. And evidently, SunTrust wasn't a, an appropriate name for a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That, that, that might not go over too well. That might not go over too well. All that, uh, all that being said, guys, I uh, hope your Memorial Day, it'll be passed by the time you get this, but I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, stay blessed. No, we, we, it might be up before that, and I'll just – I'll make sure it's up before Memorial Day, whoever listens to this, and, and I'll just encourage you, and I think you have the same sentiment about this, that um, just take time this week to to pause either from behind the grill or stop eating a hot dog or a hamburger and just remember why you have Monday off. Right, that it was uh, folks who who made the supreme sacrifice of of giving up their lives so that we can have those freedoms um, that we still enjoy, even though there's many who think that we shouldn't. Um, but I want to point you to a, a gentleman like named Luther Story, who received the Congressional Medal of Honor in 1951 for his incredibly heroic actions in the Korean War, and and he. He, he his body was never recovered. Uh, he died in 1950 and was given the medal posthumously in 1951. Um, but they in a a bunch of remains that were recovered and he was his body has been identified and he will be buried finally on this Memorial Day after all those years um, since he perished and made that supreme sacrifice. So just stop, take a moment. Um, reflect on on those men like Luther Story who gave his life so that you can have that day off and that we can enjoy that. Absolutely. I mean, there's not a whole lot of things left that it's, um, yeah, I'm just going to say it. it's it's not cool to love America or to be patriotic. And, you know, the three things that were symbolic of America, right? That we always, it was always this sort of in that, that culture, right? Baseball, mom, and apple pie. Oh, here we go. We're doing it. We're doing it. Well, they're not exactly what they used to be anymore, are they? We'll just leave it at that. Oh, so we're not doing it completely. Okay. <laughs> I'm not getting yelled at anymore for this episode. Thank you. <laughs> so, no, I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> if you know, you know. Oh, that'll be the paid portion of the show. <laughs> yeah, if you know, you know. 
Well, Andy, I think maybe uh, you should have the last word because the skies are getting dark and I believe a, a good old fashioned thunderstorm is ripping through here in East San Francisco. I'm still in Colorado, Keith. <laughs> so good. I love He's my favorite. No, I just, you know, I encourage you to spend some time with those that you love this week, uh, this weekend. Let them know you love them and just continue to lean on Christ through it all. Amen. Uh, if you haven't began to, to lean on him, you know, today's a good day to start. Amen. It is because, you know, uh, an abundant life with Christ is eternal, but does begin today. And you can enjoy that everlasting life even here while you're on earth. You know, it, it'll be given to you in full when Jesus returns, but but we can still enjoy some of it now. Absolutely. All right, guys. Y'all be blessed, and we will talk soon. All right. Don't forget to check out St. Galgano Armory at etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Check them out on the socials at St. Galgano. And you can check us out on Twitter at Hill Hipster Pod, or email us your comments, questions. Um, we do have a, a listener question, I think, that we'll have in an episode or two down the road, but our email is hillhipsterpod at gmail.com and be blessed. See ya.